Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode, we dove into a topic that I think a lot of marketers today are, are struggling with, which is how do I market my product or service that is completely unique or completely new, right? So I'm either breaking into a new product category or I'm breaking into a new market that doesn't even exist. In that scenario, what do we do? How do we develop a marketing strategy? How do we execute? And this is a lot of time where marketers will confuse strategies that are they're reading about online or trying to, they've done it past roles, right? Where they were an existing company with an existing market, an existing customer base. And what we're talking about now is how do we break into something new? Even if we're an existing company and we have an existing customer base, but now we're launching a new product that people don't know about, how do we generate some buzz? How do we generate some awareness? How do we generate demand? And that's what we talk about in today's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoy. As always, subscribe to the podcast and uh, give us a like. All right. So Taylor, we yeah. talked to so many new clients and existing clients about their business model. And sometimes they create new products. They create a new line of products, new offering, new bundles, if I may. Mm-hmm. And the question that we often get is, how do I develop a strategy for this product, this brand new thing that we're doing? Mm-hmm. Many times they reach out to an agency for this very reason, right? Yeah. Oh, we're rolling out this new product. We don't think we want to do this in-house. Let's find a partner who's going to help us execute this thing. Otherwise, you know, if you don't get the timing right and you don't execute this properly, we may not make our money back, right? The investment, the growth yeah. may not be there. And so I think this episode is going to be interesting because there's probably a lot of people will encounter this at some point in their career. At some point in their business, they're going to be dealing with this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh crap, I got to help launch this new product. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do this all the time. So I figured it'd be great to shed some light in how we do it. Yeah. So the first thing that, you know, you're developing a marketing strategy, right? In this scenario, it sounds obvious, but if you're developing a marketing strategy, you need to understand your market. With this new product or new service, are we moving into an existing market, a well-known market? Or the Wild are, Wild West. Or are we creating, exactly, are we creating a new way to do something within that market, meaning we're creating a new product or new service that is brand new, unknown, right? So when you understand that, so example would be, let's say I I create a SaaS company, we created software for accounting. Is this a competitor to QuickBooks where people go to Google, they search for accounting software, people understand this is an accounting software, or is this a software that is meant for accountants, but it's not an accounting software to do your accounting. It's for accountants to manage something right. else, HR, benefits, payroll, uh, manage multi-location accounting firms, right? It's an accounting software that helps you manage payroll across multi-location accounting firms, right? It's completely different, right? So we're going towards accountants, but it's not what you think it is. If you understand the market, then you have to kind of look at the demand, right? So that's why I say, is an existing market a well-known market where there is existing demand? Because there's really two things that we can do with the demand. We can either capture existing demand. Someone search for accounting software. We want to show up. Or we have to generate and create new demand. So I think the question that you're asking really stems from a lot of people not realizing that we have to generate and create new demand. And I say that because there's a huge misunderstanding where people, marketers, companies all the time, they're reaching out to us, they're reaching out to other agencies, and they're looking for, I need SEO, I need PPC, I need to, you know, because this is what you do. That's what you hear. It's like, I want to drive more website traffic. I'm going to sell this online or I'm going to generate leads. How do you drive website traffic? 
How do I get my bookings? You know, email marketing, SEO, PPC. Okay, great. But what you have is a demand problem, which boils down to you have an education problem, right? So you have to look at it from what is going to, who is my market? Who's my target demographic? And what's going to be the most effective and efficient way for me to educate them on either a problem that they don't know that they have, illuminate that problem, and then on our solution, of course. When we have an education problem, as you educate someone, then the demand is going to be created at the same time because, like I said, didn't know you had the problem. Oh, great. I do see a problem here. I see this. It would make my life a lot easier. I'm going to purchase this software. Within that scenario, there is no active demand, meaning there's no searches that you could capture that's going to drive traffic. You could have unlimited Google AdWords budget. It doesn't matter because people aren't searching for your product. So you need to make it so that they will search for the product. So it comes down to understanding demand and then understanding, okay, now how do we generate that demand? So if you look at how do we generate the demand, like I said, it really is more of an education problem. You just have to put yourself in the buyer's shoes and we need to stop thinking like marketers and thinking, how do I generate leads, right? Do I get them to trick them to download this ebook or they go to Google and search and they're going to come to my website and go through my funnel and make this more buyer centric, right? Who are my ideal customer profiles? Who are my personas, my buyers? What do they care about? Where do they hang out? How do they consume content? And how can I make their job easier? How can I educate them? How can I provide value to them? And what format is that going to look like, right? So, and how am I going to distribute? And what is the vehicle to give them that message, right? Anything from putting on a a seminar, you know, an in-person event, um, being a guest on a podcast that they might listen to, starting your own podcast, creating video content um, that's valuable to them that can be distributed through uh, social platforms, either organically or paid or on um, YouTube, creating you know guides and eBooks and valuable assets that you're not maybe even asking for an email for. It's just all kind of ungated content. These are all ways that you can start generating that demand because you have to build awareness about your brand and about your solution sort of simultaneously. And the best way to do that is through teaching. If we've defined that it's a demand problem, which the only reason there's a demand problem is because there's no education, right? There's no awareness around this. If there were awareness around this problem, people would be searching for a way to find it, to solve it. So if we have an education problem, how do we solve the education problem? Through teaching, right? right. So now you have to look at how, what, what can I teach them? How is that related to what we have to offer? And what's going to be the best way to disseminate that information? Uh, and that will be your marketing strategy. A lot of times, it's not going to be a Google AdWords campaign, like I mentioned. Um, I will say, however, through SEO, content is a huge piece of that education. So a lot of times, it's not that, you know, that keyword doesn't exist yet, right? Because you create a new product category. So no one's searching for this new widget that you've created because no one knows what it is. But there's a lot of ancillary searches that your persona might be searching for. So stop putting so much um, concentration on that exact keyword, that bottom of the funnel keyword and that direct correlation between, okay, they searched for this keyword and they became a lead five seconds later. It's not likely going to happen because we're trying to generate demand. They might consume 10 pieces of content from you or 20 pieces of content for you. Or if you're going after a more senior level executive in a larger company, it could be 50 pieces of content, right? Might start with some influencer in that decision-making chain, reads a blog, shares a video, they watch 10 of your videos, 
you know, they watch a demo, introduce that to their VP, their VP watches a demo, they read the content on your website, check out your reviews on social media. Then they go to Google search for your company. And then that credit goes to organic search or paid search. But you have to take more, I guess, the, the attribution model, you have to deprioritize that sort of last touch attribution and focus more on creating valuable content, educational content, and focus on the metrics of engagement. The only way that that's going to work is if we're looking at buyer centric is I need to forget about those metrics and I just need to be here to educate my buyer. Almost the way that you would look at it is if a lot of companies in the software space, same idea, you have an internal, basically a marketing team that markets to your customers. So they're already a customer. You could look at it and call it a customer service rep, whatever. They're all, it's sales, it's marketing. It's the same thing. We're communicating information to our customers to get more buy-in, to get more adoption that they're actually using our platform. So look at it that way. Is like, my job isn't to sell you anything, generate lead. My job is not to get your email address. My job right. is to educate you. Right. And how am I going to best do that? That is your marketing strategy for generating demand, uh, which is a lot of what we're talking about that challenge when you're breaking into a new product category is it stems from demand and stems from education. So if I understand correctly, the budget should be shifted towards content creation, education as much as possible. Yeah. And it's an ongoing process because you're still going to create auxiliary content to support the last pieces of content. So you could create the demand, right? Yeah. And it, it, I mean, budget or resources, however you want to, Put it. I mean, it doesn't always have to be a cash like a right. capital intensive. But, but sort the of, work that we're talking about to get yeah, there, the, the onus should be on the education piece, which it, it always should be, right? I mean, if you're doing a bottom of the funnel strategy, capture demand SEO PPC, you're still focusing on the content, um, but you're just focusing more on that exact point in time where someone's searching because they're they've already been educated, right? Now you just have to educate them on why they should choose you. And then in the sales process, obviously, you kind of go back to the beginning and people say the buyer's journey is 90% of the way done or whatever that is. I still don't think that's 100% true because if that were the case, they would just have an e-commerce checkout on the website, right? You right. still need to educate them or empower them to make that decision. So the big difference here is that because there's no active demand, we have to focus on creating that demand, which means like you said, it's all going to come from content. I mean, how do we explain this to someone? How do I stop you from the job that you're doing now, capture your attention, give you some value and explain how I can make your life easier or I can help you make more money or whatever my you know widget does, my software does, my product does. How do I get that information to you? Uh, and not just that, right? It's not just an ad advertisement for my software. It's what else can I provide value? How do I how do I prove to you that you should trust me? And then when you do trust me, then I'm going to tell you you should buy my product, right? That, that's how it is. I mean, you have to, people are going to do, especially in the B2B world, you do business with companies that you know and you trust. And I think if you see startups, especially like the modern startups, they spend so much energy on content creation, like yeah. unbelievable amount of content is created in such a short amount of time. And then you see a company that's been around for 10 years, they barely have any content. Yeah. So are you saying that they got it right because they know that's what there's gonna you know that's what they're gonna need to grow? So the they startups, already yeah. put all their effort. Like they would hire twelve copywriters in their first week. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, hey guys, we're gonna be writing two hundred blogs. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, feel like that's what I see, right? Yeah, that's kind of the modern formula for any kind of software, right? It's like you build up development resources first, you build that minimum viable product, and then it's extensive content team and then a sales team, right? Right. Because it's the same idea. It's like no one's going to come knocking on our door because they don't know who we are. They don't know that we exist. So we need to better equip our salespeople by creating some demand. We have to build a brand so that when we do call them, they've heard of us before and they're not saying, you know, you're from what company? And then we also need to be more proactive because like I said, they're not going to actually knock on our door. So we're now we're calling them and introducing ourselves. We're hosting right. events. We're creating valuable content. We're putting it in front of them, making their life easier. Um, and that's how you're going to generate business. Like you said, the flip side of that is the companies that have just been in business for so long that they don't have to do that. And so they don't look at it as a necessary expense because there's not always immediate direct correlation between I created a thousand YouTube videos and I got a new customer, right? right. So if you look at it transactionally, um, we're in an established market. We are an established company. So we just get people that search for our brand name or product names or whatever our services that already exist and they find our website and then they trust us because we are a brand. Uh, so we're not talking about that. We're not talking about an existing company launching a new product that already gets, they already have customers because like I said, they don't put as much effort on that as they should. I mean, this still applies to them. It's just that they feel like they don't have to because there's not a direct correlation. So when you're building it from scratch or you're moving into a new product category, education is 100% the biggest reason why you know someone hasn't reached out yet. Just so I understand, I think we got to put it in perspective for those that are trying to do this right now. Okay. Are they spending that time and energy resources for 12 months, 24 months? Does it go down over time? Like, <clears throat> tell me, you know what I mean? At what point can you just like sell this widget? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you, you want to get some kind of ROI, right? I mean, that's why, like I said, the first hire is probably the salespeople in a startup like that. And the second hire is the marketing team. Um, which I think there's a there's a model where you do that opposite and you hand off oppor- qualified opportunities to the sales team that doesn't require you to hire 100 salespeople from the beginning. But regardless of that, the, the answer to your question is it, it should never stop, right? Because the right. whole idea behind this, it was all around being buyer-centric, right? And being buyer-centric is that we're going to provide the best end-to-end customer experience for our client and we're going to, I'm going to, switch places with my client and say, okay, well, what would I want to see from a company? What's going to make my job easier? Why should I do business with you? Not being marketer centric or, you know, whatever you want to call it and say company centric. Yeah. I need to have these metrics to give to my boss so that I can report that we had, you know, that's the old playbook. They come to me. Yeah. yeah, They come to me with an Excel spreadsheet of how many leads have to be generated. And you and I do some research and we're like, Hey, there's not anybody who's going to buy this product. Right. (laughs) <laughs> it, it hurts both sides because being buyer centric ultimately is going to yield more customers, better revenue, actually lower cost per customer acquisition. The cost per lead is going to be higher because you're changing what you're qualifying as a lead, right? If you're trying to sell a software and you're not getting people's emails to watch your videos, learn about your software, see a, a demo that's been pre recorded, download an ebook, all those kind of things, right? You're giving them all that information for free then all of a sudden, none of those people are filling out a form. So now you might have had a thousand people that would have filled out that form. But the thing is, those people aren't ready to buy yet. And then all you're going to do is send them automated sales cadences and right. badger them with sales calls from salespeople. 
and it might even turn them off to your company. Whereas you get more people. So instead of a thousand people that fill out the form, you might get 10,000 people, right? That's, it would be a 10% conversion rate, right? If you had a mm-hmm. thousand people fill it out. So now all 10,000 people that were on all those different landing pages, give them as much content as you want for free. Let them watch. They might watch one video and they might turn it into five videos, right? Because they see so much value. Let them watch that, educate them. And that is you nurturing them through the funnel, continue to educate them. And then when they're ready to speak with a salesperson or see a demo in person or, you know, get a free consultation, then they fill out that form. So that opportunity, that cost per lead, right? If you're looking at that cost per lead, is going to be a lot higher. There's going to be less people filling out the form. But that person has now already consumed all of your content, has moved and been educated. That person, that conversion rate from fill out that form to paid customer customer is going to be much higher. Sales velocity is going to be much faster, which means you need less salespeople that can actually produce at a higher level. Uh, and that overall cost for acquisition is going to be lower. And that's the model too. you need to. We're going to go one yeah. step higher because they've already believed into the product and your the way that you think about the product or pro- service yeah. or problem. They've already understood that they shared the belief with you. So they're going to stay longer. Yeah. You're not having to convince them that this is the right solution. They've right. already drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, right? Business go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes, uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation, or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms, talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening. And let's get back to our topic for the day. Yeah. So I guess to get back on the the original topic of, you know, how do we market into a new market? The answer is you need to generate demand. And what we're kind of outlining here is that playbook, that blueprint to actually generate demand. Capturing the demand, like I said, would be done through, you know, raising your hand when someone goes to Google and they search, we want to capture that demand. But creating that demand uh, requires a a lot more creativity to, like I said, put yourself in that buyer's shoes, understand what their job is, what their pain points would be, uh, and provide solutions for that. And then put the budget behind creating value in that content and then more budget behind distributing that content to them. How are you going to get that in front of them? Uh, is that in person? Is that is that in person? Is that digitally? If it's digitally, what channels, what format? Is it video, text, infographic, whatever that's going to be? Maybe a combination of writing. Maybe you're making a video to promote a live you know, webinar, podcast, or roundtable that you're going to do. Invite them to it. Don't gate it. Give it to them for free. Record it. Send that. Allow them to fill out their email so that you can send it to them or they just leave it on a URL that they can go to all the time. That way they can share it, right? You might have someone who's would have never filled out the form because it was gated. 
then they go and they watch 10 minutes of it and they realize, hey, this is not something that I just need to watch. This is something I need to send to Solomon. So I'm going to send you that URL. So now we got two people when we would have had zero, right? I mean, just think about it logically. Forget about all the metrics and the data and the CPL and CPA and MQL and SQL and just look at what is going to be better for my audience. How do my right. how does my audience operate? Are there other internal champions or influencers within the decision making process? And who is my persona? Are they a CEO or some other C level where they don't have a ton of time, where their inbox is already flooded and they don't want to fill out a form to right. get more access emails. to the information? Yeah. Um, I mean, even a demo. If you sell a software and you don't have any kind of demo on your website that's ungated, how are you going to sell your software? I mean, you have product that you need to show people. Uh, and like you said, a CEO is coming to the website. Enough time. Enough time to let me schedule a meeting with it because they know the drill. You know, SDR is going to give you a call and pre-qualify you 15 minute, 20 minute call. Then they're going to send you another, another series of emails, right. schedule another call. Then they're going to talk about budget and features. And they're like, I just need to know quickly, how does this add value to me? Uh, and then we'll schedule a call. Yeah, no, that's a, a lot of great points. And I think most people miss the fact that you have to create the demand before you can convert and start paying off for your investment of building this product or bundle or whatever it is. Yeah. Many, many times they get the whole equation wrong and they fail because they just thought they can buy some keywords. You end up getting keywords to things that they're not really relevant. Even if they convert, they're, they're not going to buy because they were looking for something else completely. Yep. Any final thoughts? Final thoughts would be, if you're struggling trying to figure out how do I generate the demand, right? So, okay, I get this model, makes sense. Thanks for explaining it. But how do I do this, right? You have to, like I said, become buyer-centric. The best way to become buyer-centric is talk to your buyers, talk to your existing customers, or talk to and interview your ideal customer profile or buyer personas. Then maybe they're not customers yet, which could be a great way to generate leads, by the way. It's, hey, I just want to ask you some questions. And then yep. all of a sudden, they turn become an opportunity. And then the other place I would go besides your actual customers is your salespeople. So if you do have, you've been selling this, talk to your salespeople. What are reasons they buy? What are reasons they don't buy? What are those pain points? What they're going through in the sales process is what you're also doing on the marketing side. There's no difference. It's the same process. You're trying to understand where they're at. You're trying to then ask them an illuminating question or basically illuminate the fact that they do have a problem. And then next step is you offer a solution. And that's what you're doing in the marketing. So the advantage the salespeople have is they're asking them directly what the pain points are. They're asking yeah. the questions. They're hearing the answers. They're hearing objections. And they're having to overcome those objections. If it's a software, right, they're talking to the product team and seeing what kind of features they can get. So they're going to be on the front line. The people on the front lines are going to have the answers to that. And that would help write your marketing messaging, understand what would be helpful for them to sell, right? Would it be helpful if we had a video that explained this? Or would it be helpful right. if we had an infographic that was for this? And I think we always recommend that ask your sales team yeah. what the questions are that you to be writing. You shouldn't just create your own content topics. You should consult with your sales team yeah. or listen to those calls if you can. You know, if the salespeople are busy, yeah. listen to the call. I think that would be huge for the marketing team. At least you're helping them win more deals, helping yeah. them craft better value proposition and so on. Um, so thanks a lot, Taylor, for uh, shedding some light on how to roll out a new product or new market. Oftentimes people aren't sure and Obviously, we want to be able to share this type of content so they can get to work and really start to plan out their business model, right? So thanks a lot. And uh, for all of you that have these types of questions in your business, whatever that might be, 
Um, feel free to let us know so we can create more episodes around the actual challenges that you might be facing in your business. All right. So thanks a lot for tuning in and we will see you next time. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you can do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers. Head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.